It's not about the technology, it is what you do with it. Welcome to Digital Dash. We are excited about the opportunities technology presents in our modern world, and we spend a lot of time tinkering with the use cases. Join us every week on our podcast as we share our findings and break things down into zeros and ones. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app, and enjoy this episode. It's that time of the year again, and Google has released their new generation of hardware devices, which come with a whole new suite of software as well. And we at Digital Dash, we are here to help you know whether your time and your money are going to be worth being invested in these new devices. I am Salon Donyo, and join me alongside Kwamina Arthur as we discuss made by Google's recent event. And let's dive right in. All right. So the first and major announcement was the Pixel phones. Google has announced the Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro devices powered by Google's Tensor G2 chip. Now, Google claims that G2 Tensor chip is 60% faster and 20% more efficient than the first generation Google G1 Tensor chip. It has an on-device TPU for advanced computational performances and prowess. Okay, I was really impressed when I, when I saw that bit about the Google Tensor chip uh, with the new generation which they have come out with. It sounds so similar to something a certain fruit company. <laughs> it's, 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 also, it's also doing... Uh, I mean, everyone wants to have their own silicon in their devices these days. And Google is no exception, being the fact that they're one of the foremost like tech companies in the world. Even though they displayed new hardware features with the Tensor chip being at the center of it all, I, I, I really believe that Google's strength has never been with their hardware because I saw a few benchmarks from Antutu where they benchmarked the new Google Tensor chip against other um, chipsets from other manufacturers and it, it kind of like still fell short. But uh, being Google's in-house silicon chipset, I am being led to think that the software optimizations that are going to come with this are going to like properly work hand in hand to make this work really well for the Pixel 7 phone. Yes, exactly. It is a step in the right direction. One of the reasons why Android performance seems to lag over the years when compared to iOS is because Apple has full control over both their hardware and software. And so with Google now taking charge of their SoC, I believe that it's only a matter of time if the Pixel program continues until we begin to see amazing and sustained performances. Now, the Google Tensor G2 chip powers even more advanced computational photography and machine learning than we have ever known before. Realtone, which was debuted last year on the Pixel 6 devices, have now seen significant improvements even in low light situations. Google has also not forgotten about their low vision users and hard of seeing users and have created a software feature called Selfie Assist or Guided Frame, which basically helps people who are hard of seeing to be able to take perfect pictures. And one of my favorite announcements of them all, the OnBlair, which is a Pixel 7 exclusive, but thankfully applies to even 
older pictures that have been taken with other devices or you might have downloaded from the web now we all have these perfect moments that we really want to keep but unfortunately either due to sudden lighting situations or shaking of the phone those perfect moments are not captured perfectly now google on blair uses google's computational photography to basically stabilize and crystallize the image so it is visually appealing and looks like something taken out of a dslr you know one of the things which arthur, arthur c clark said which i always tend to remember it says that any sufficiently advanced piece of technology is indistinguishable from magic now google's photography ai machine learning blah blah all those words neural whatever uh, literally like on a, it's on a level of sorcery uh, when you take into account what the Umblair can do I saw a demo of the Umblair and I was blown away I was like what are these guys do? these guys have might have signed a pact with Mephistopheles or something because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the Umblair the magic eraser are yes. straight out of science fiction yes and and it, it makes me very happy to see Google pushing the limits of computational photography because even before we had terms like computational photography and companies like Apple started implementing most of um, these things, it was Google that, you know, took the lead in these things. So I'm very happy to see Google coming back to snatch their lead once once, once more. And that brings me to another thing that was announced on the day of the Made by Google event, which is super rare Zoom generation 2. So, just like what happens on Apple devices, <laughs> Google is now able to take frames from multiple cameras to achieve a full, clear, stable 12 megapixel image, which is shot from various cameras. Wait, so Kwamina, so who is copying who's on work? At this point, <laughs> everyone is copying everyone, and we are going to get to a point where all the devices are very homogeneous because Google accused Apple of copying they're always on, on display. display. That <laughs> part of the event was like so funny. It was like we feel flattered when other companies like follow our lead like with always on displays and I was like, whoa. Yeah. And, and then now Google has also taken a sheet from Apple's book by bringing this super resume which basically takes images from various cameras. So I guess, you know, people, we are all copying each other. Yeah. One of the, one of the really nice things I liked about uh, with regards to the photography was that Google was uh, trying to integrate it with the other hardware and software services, which, for for example, the Pixel Watch. So this is the first ever Pixel Watch, and this is the first time uh, Google, even though Google has been making the Wear OS for wearables for some time now, this is the first time where they are actually making a Pixel-branded watch, and it's been rumored for quite some time now. Apparently, there's, there's been way too many leaks for me to know that this was not going to happen. And they finally announced it so visually it looks really 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 appealing it's basically like if you've ever worn a smartwatch you know how these devices uh, work but for example the pixel watch they show this really nice feature where you could place a pixel phone somewhere and if there's actually there's no one to take a picture for you you could just place the phone somewhere and stand back and you can use the pixel watch to adjust the viewfinder like zoom in and zoom out and take pictures from the pixel watch like same commerce and it was really, it was a really really nice feature and something actually i actually love to try because i sometimes like to take uh, pictures uh, by myself when there's no one around and if i had a watch like like pixel watch this is like 
a really cool assist. And this is just Google telling us, hey, um, if the others can do it, if the others can have an, a whole suite of devices which interact with each other seamlessly, we can also do it. And with they being very good with their software, I know that this is not going to be too difficult for them. So we have the Pixel Watch now. They showcased a number of uh, features, which <laughs> once again feels too familiar, like the the fall and the crash detection, which have been uh, already shown by a certain company. <laughs> <laughs> showcased by a certain company in their uh, in their line of smartwatches, like a couple of weeks ago. We realized with the Pixel Watch, because Google has purchased Fitbit, most of the features of the Pixel Watch will feel very familiar and all, will feel all too familiar with people who have owned a Fitbit in the past. So what one of the neat things they, they did, which I really liked, was like they had instantly improved the accuracy of the um, temperature and heart rate sensors um, to about several readings per second or so. And they, they claimed or touted that this is the most accurate heart um, heart rate and temperature like sensor in the smart watch yet to be very honest i think most of the other features they they shown were nothing mind-blowing or spectacular when you compare them to the competitors but given that this is their first foray into smart watch like territory like an actual smart watch made by pixel i think it's it's it was a really good start actually when you look at the fact that they are looking at ways to integrate this fully integrate this into your home so if you have a home where you have like and like nest devices nest wi-fi the next cam and uh, nest audio and you can you can basically like control your hub from your watch and um, which is i think good enough because sometimes I, I i don't always want to draw out my phone from my pocket or reach my phone in order to control the smart devices in my home if i can do that from my wrist which means i can do that on a whim anytime i want it's, it's it's good enough for me the tagline that google said about the pixel watch was that google pixel the pixel watch brings out the best of google and fitbit in one device yeah i mean um my thoughts on the pixel watch uh, is a bit different from yours i feel like after acquiring fitbit in 2021 i think early part of 2021 and with how credible fitbit is i would have preferred that google basically you know brings out a watch which is not a pixel watch but probably like a fitbit watch right um google has an app called google fit for tracking people's activities or for, for tracking our activity and our vitals and then there's also the fitbit app which is specialized and on steroids for doing some something similar. Now, after buying the Pixel Watch for over $350, you would also have to buy Fitbit Premium if you want the enhanced experience. And so rather than having two separate apps, once again, I feel Google could have married both of them. And then if you buy a Pixel Watch, whatever they would, they would choose to call it, you get the full capability of Fitbit. It's very similar to what happens on Apple, right? You buy an Apple Watch, you have the full extent of the Apple Health app. Now, Google telling people to pay for 
the Fitbit Premium is basically like Apple telling users that after buying an Apple Watch, you also have to buy Apple, you know, Apple Health Watch. Premium, <laughs> which, yeah, which, which, which is, which is, you know, very unfortunate. So, I guess perhaps this is the first watch that has, um, you know, been announced after a very long time. So perhaps they will take some learnings and they will go back to the drawing board, and then possibly the Watch Two is going to. Um, you know, merge both of them. The Pixel Watch is, I think, more expensive than some of the the Galaxy watches, and so I don't think that it was it is being sold at a discount, and therefore the Fitbit Premium should be a separate add-on. I think it, it should come with it because it's one of the benefits of wanting to tie yourself into the Google ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. That 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 is very true. What else did we see from the event? Um, Google also debuted a long rumored once again. <laughs> when any time I hear a rumor about a Google device, I know it's actually happening because they always tend to be too good to be true, and most of some of the leaks and stuff tend to. I don't know if it's on purpose, might appear to come from even Google themselves. So they showcased the Pixel tablet, which they described to be the Pixel experience, but on a much larger screen. Now, the Pixel tablet did not seem to be a high-end device for me. Um, when I say high-end, we are taking into consideration what the competitors have to offer. For example, the iPad Pros yeah. and all that. I think the idea here is that Google just wants you to have a device in each category yeah. in their ecosystem. Do you need a phone? Okay, we have the 7, 7 Pro, 6, 6A, whichever you need. Do you need a tablet? Okay, there's a Pixel tablet. Do you need a watch? There's the there's a Pixel watch now. Do you need um, a sound solution? You can have your Nest audios. You can even pair them to create like a home theater kind of like thing, or group them, create group speakers in your house, thermostats, cameras, and everything. So it's like slowly, slowly, Google is like going Skynet. Yeah, building a home e- ecosystem and, and a I home think- in your home. Yeah. And I think Google is really, really smart to have targeted the segments that it targeted with their new tablets. I mean, Apple's iPad Pro is way beyond competition. We are talking about the power of the M1 chip in a six millimeter device, which you can carry around with around you. with you on the go. Pros are already hooked up on it. Adobe Creative Studio and all the power of processing which you can get on a tablet as flat as that. And therefore, if anybody's going to make a decision about pro usage, they're not going to compare the iPad Pro with anything because nothing compares to it, right? And so for Google to target, you know, you want a small tablet at home to watch videos when you are doing a recipe or to video call your granny or just to, you know, play music and have it a little loud. And therefore you can, you know, Tag the, the the tablet to the charging speaker dock. Yeah, the which char- is something the, the, that was really innovative. Uh, Announced. Do you so know? I, do you know? I, I loved about that. I loved the the fact that they, they thought about it, saying that you could have a tablet. Usually, when people have tablets, they're just lying around, and then Google has found a smart way for you to store store your tablet, so to speak. So you can have it instead of it having it just lie around on a in a couch or on a table why don't you just dock it to a speaker and then yeah you have like uh kind of like an uh, amazon echo yeah show thing going on yes. where you have a smart screen and a speaker 
Yes, a I, smart think, speaker. I yeah. think some years ago, Google and LG came up with a device that looks like that. Just that the the, the tablet or the display part of it was not detachable. Was not detachable. So okay. I think yeah, it's it's a very good step what they have currently done. And so if somebody needs a small display, you know, to do basic tasks, they can go there. And then of course you can also buy an an iPad if you are a professional who who needs all the power that the M1 comes with. So I think that's really a testament of understanding the market and knowing who to target. Salam has already spoken about FastPair, which is Google's attempt at continuity, right? Making okay. sure that all of these devices that they have are working together seamlessly, like something that happens on the Apple ecosystem. The FastPair is going to be more available on the Google Home app, which is going to be redesigned and launched shortly. And so your Pixel, you know, tablet, which is a larger form factor, can communicate easily with your Pixel phone, a smaller form factor. Mm -hmm. And then your Pixel watch can also perform and your Pixel buds too. various yeah, tasks. And then your Pixel buds as well. And also all the smart home devices that you have, you'll be able to control them all in a central place, like the Apple Home app. The Google Home app is also going to be redesigned and launched shortly. So yeah, I think overall, Google seems to be getting a little bit more serious with their Pixel lineup. Initially, I thought they were probably going to have cancelled it by now because of the direction that they were moving, they were moving at first, and certain yeah. weird choices that um, they were making. Mm -hmm. Chen and we, Apathy... We are, we are not talking about the Pixel 2. <laughs> yeah, Chen and Apathy um, still exist in many, many former... Pixel users and most of them have defaulted to either Samsung or even like someone I'm Apple. talking to right now. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing seeing the seeing the intentionality and the thoughts behind the new lineup, you know, inspires a little bit of confidence in me that this lineup is not going to be cancelled shortly. I'm very excited to see how the Tensor chip moves on from here and how the Pixel Watch and the Pixel phone are going to work together to provide a lot of information at the fingertips of users okay all right great so that was all in all that was our coverage of the made by google 22 event and as excited as i am about the new uh announcements i must say uh, google still needs to work on the app presentation <laughs> they did everything in one room and i was like charlie these guys don't have money for location <laughs> yeah Apple, it was almost as if they were they were working from the founders you know garage garage <laughs> and the presenters seemed very unhappy and tensed and boring to be honest i was like what's going on when they forced to prepare to present yeah. today or what? i think apple's strength has always lied in their ability to actually market their products to you before we even market it marketing it to you and uh, with the way they go out of the presentations and all that, it's like you're watching this wild documentary about their soon-to-be-released products. And um, well, in, anyway, everyone and what they do and what they want to do and how they want to get the message across. But still, Google Pixel for me. I'm looking forward to the Pixel Seven. Um, I think it's starting at the five, five nine nine for the seven and eight nine nine for the which, pro. Which I think is a bit of a weird choice, right? Because it's a very weird choice for yeah. a three hundred dollar gap to be between yeah. two phones. If you look at the iPhone, once again, a very good example: the iPhone fourteen Pro and the iPhone fourteen Pro Max. There's a hundred dollar difference for one extra camera 
and a few other pro features right it's easy to convince yourself that hey let me just spend a hundred dollars more and then get these features that i may not be using on a frequent basis but may come in handy once in a while but if the difference is three hundred dollars for an extra camera and Which a couple of other features four or five yeah <laughs> you would you would be like you know what maybe i don't need that extra camera as much as i think because it's going to cost me an extra three hundred dollars so yeah once again i feel like the pixel 7 is going to sell more than the pixel 7 pro because of the uh, price the price difference yes okay all right sure if you love this podcast you could subscribe to us in your podcast app we are available on spotify google podcasts Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere on the internet where you can listen to a podcast, you will find us, Digital Dash by AFD. You can also tweet at us or find us on Instagram as at Digital Dash. So the dash is D underscore SH. There's actually a dash in there. And if you love this episode, I actually, you don't need to love it. I just want you guys to share and help us expand our reach and until the next episode it's safe and see ya